Welcome to our teaching for today. Please be patient with our audio. The portion for today is Va Er A and means, and I appeared. This portion begins with God telling Moshe, Moses, that he, Yehovah, appeared to Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov as El Shaddai. The ancient rabbis said that El Shaddai meant, Mighty God. What form of belief system do we use for life? We all approach life differently and therefore have slightly different ideas on how to approach things in life. As believers in the true God, we should be mostly concerned with living how God tells us to live and what the Bible tells us. The Bible can apply to every area of life. I start my day praying and I recommend that you do that too. Pick a time and decide how much time you want to pray for. Some people pray in the morning and others pray after work or in the evening. I made my own prayer list to remind me what I want to pray for. I also mark my journal with a P to show that I prayed on that day. It helps me to keep myself accountable to pray. Years ago, when I was working in research, I was feeling stressed at work, so I decided to pray on my 40-minute trip to work. That changed my life. By the time I got to work I was feeling good and the stress that I was feeling went away. Each day we need to apply the truths of the Bible to every area of life. One of the major ways we do this is by forming godly patterns in life. Deuteronomy 4 8-9 NKJV says, And what great nation is there that has such statutes and righteous judgments as are in all this law which I set before you this day? Only take heed to yourself, and diligently keep yourself, lest you forget the things your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. And teach them to your children and your grandchildren. What God did for Israel to release them from the tyranny of Egypt was amazing and magnificent, but it does not stop there. The law that God gave them for mankind is a not only a right and good law, but because it comes from a good and all-knowing Creator, the law is also a tremendous act of love by God. It is a gift of grace to help mankind. God gave them a perfect law because it comes from a good and perfect God. Deuteronomy 32 3-4 NKJV says, Ascribe greatness to our God. He is the rock, His work is perfect, for all His ways are justice, a God of truth and without injustice, righteous and upright is He. Those who say God's law is not good will have to stand before Him some day for rejecting His good law. God wants us to form our life after the law that He gave us. We may need to change and do things God's good ways. If we decide to change and follow His good law, He will forgive us. Deuteronomy 7 9-10 NKJV says, Therefore know that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love Him and keep His commandments, and He repays those who hate Him to their face, to destroy them. The reason God must judge those who do not keep His commandments is because God's law is good, and they are bringing pain and destruction into the world by their ungodly lifestyle. God must be just and those who live in sin will have to face the consequences for their actions for eternity. In the New Testament portion of the Bible, 1 Corinthians 6 9-10 NKJV says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God.
the unrighteous, those who do not do what is right, will not be in the future kingdom of God. There is a lot to do to have a life that is patterned properly but it all begins by doing what you know to do and by learning more and more how we are to follow God. Perhaps the commandment to treat others the way you want to be treated is a good way to start. Leviticus 1918 to 19NKJV says, You shall not take vengeance, nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself, I am the Lord. You shall keep my statutes. Hillel, a contemporary of Yeshua taught this as a good starting point. We need to develop our ability to know what is right and aim at that in life. Psalms 119-73 NKJV says, Your hands have made me and fashioned me, give me understanding, that I may learn your commandments. We need to have a good attitude in life, be willing to grow spiritually, and stand on the truths of God's Word. Do not believe those who say God's commandments are difficult or harsh. Deuteronomy 30:11 NIV says, Now what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. Rabbi Yukanan says in the New Testament portion in 1 John 5 2-3 NKJV, By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. We are part of God's family if we act like His children and listen to God. The most loving way to act is to keep God's commandments it says. We need to frequently remind ourselves how we should live. 2 Peter 1:12 NKJV says, For this reason I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. We need to be firm about how we are to act. We need to transform the way we act into all areas of our life. How do we carry ourselves in life? One of the first things we need to understand is that the Old Testament commandments came to us from God. 2 Peter 1:20-21 NKJV says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. There was no New Testament portion at the time, so this is mainly talking about the Scriptures from the Old Testament portion. The Scriptures and the Law were given to us by a good and all-knowing God. Since God is the Creator, He is the preeminent right and good judge over all of creation. 2 Peter 2 4-9 NKJV says. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and deliver them into chains of darkness, to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly, and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked, for that righteous man, dwelling among them, tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds, then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. There is a balance to God's Word. God gives us good commandments and wants us to do what is right. Therefore, when we decide to follow God and do what is right, He is merciful. God must warn us to do what is right and good because He is a good God. Psalms 103 17-19 NKJV says, But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear Him, 
and His righteousness to children's children, to such as keep His covenant, and to those who remember His commandments to do them. The Lord has established His throne in heaven, and His kingdom rules over all. Do not be confused by the word covenant and some who make a philosophy from this word. It just means agreement. God agrees to forgive us if we agree to do what is right and good. The Bible says that over and over. Most sane people want the goodness of God and to be on good terms with God. Almost everyone wants good things in life. That is why the psalmist says he is committed to doing what God says is right. Psalms 119 10-12 NKJV says, With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. He values God's law because he understands that God is good, and God wants what is best for us. Be ready to use your spiritual resources to apply to life. It is important to apply yourself spiritually. Not everyone has the same focus toward their spiritual life, so some people need to raise up their level of spirituality in order to get where they need to be. For example, when a person first joins a sports team, their first focus is on being part of the team. They then work at succeeding as a member of the team and finally they try becoming a key person who contributes to the team. A lot of people never develop any spiritual aspirations and have a low commitment to God. We want to be like the psalmist who we just read about that has a high level of commitment. He understood what God's commandments can mean in life. Psalms 119:47 NKJV says, I will delight myself in your commandments, which I love. When we start to apply what God tells us we then begin to understand the goodness of God. Psalms 119:32 says, I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. Just like those who compete in sports are committed to work at their sport on a consistent basis, we need to be committed to develop ourselves on a consistent basis. Here are some things we need to do in our spiritual walk. We need to view our godly behaviors in life as integral to a proper lifestyle. We need to reinforce those godly behaviors by attention and affirmation to the lifestyle. God wants for us. Just like we must plan life's necessary activities, we need to plan how we will accomplish things spiritually in life. Psalms 119 66-69 NKJV says, Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe your commandments. Before I was afflicted I went astray, but now I keep your word. You are good, and do good, teach me your statutes. The proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep your precepts with my whole heart. Notice that changing our life is not always without some tension or opposition. We need to be committed to change and to God. Do not allow others to stop you from engaging in your spiritual journey. Be extra attentive to areas of life that need more work. We all have areas of life that need attention. Almost all areas of life need attention, but some areas take more effort than other things in life. If you are committed to change, God will help you. Proverbs 35 NKJV says, Every word of God is pure, He is a shield to those who put their trust in Him. Almost nothing in life comes automatically. Years ago, I read about a successful basketball player who practiced six hours a day. He was also in college at the time and had to study. 
He was willing to make quite a commitment to what he wanted to accomplish. Shouldn't we be willing to make a commitment to our spiritual life? Deuteronomy 8 3-6 NKJV says. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna which you did not know nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these forty years. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God, to walk in His ways and to fear Him. We are to value what God has given us and the opportunity we have to learn and grow spiritually. We not only need bread for life, but we need to pursue spiritual food and grow spiritually. Without commitment we will not succeed spiritually. Stay focused spiritually and overcome areas of life that keep you from your spiritual goals. Make spiritual goals. Be reasonable about what you can accomplish. Put things in order of importance. Here are some concepts that can help you. Make a commitment to what you want to accomplish spiritually. Identify things that can or will keep you from your goal and make adjustments. Stop doing things that distract you from your spiritual goals. Set reasonable goals and commitments to your spiritual activities. Perhaps we want a better deal with anxiety. Find scriptures that you can apply to the situation. We need to pray and cast our concern to God. Philippians 4 6-7 NKJV says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Also, Kepha said in 1 Peter 5 7 NKJV, Casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. God cares about us. Perhaps we also need to understand that fear can keep us from succeeding. That basketball player I talked about worked at overcoming his fears of competing at the collegiate level. He faced them head-on with hard work. Also, we need to understand that not everything in life comes easy. We will face troubles. Romans 12 12 NKJV says, Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Shaul says in Philippians 4 11-13 NKJV, I have learned in whatever state I am, to be content, I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can do it, stay focused on your goal. Most of all, we need to keep moving forward spiritually. Do not give up. Shaul says in Philippians 3:12-14 NKJV, Not that I have already attained, or am already perfected, but I press on, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Make your spirituality a priority in life and seek God and His ways. Apply yourself well spiritually. Be committed to God and to keeping His commandments. Be committed to changing what you need to change in life. Stay focused on living the life that God has called you to and be faithful. We will now begin our Torah teaching. 
Va era means, and I appeared. This portion begins with God telling Moshe, Moses, that Yehovah, appeared to Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov as El Shaddai. Moshe writes that it was Yehovah speaking to our patriarchs in other places, but the patriarchs knew God as El Shaddai which means God Almighty. The ancient rabbis say that El Shaddai means God Almighty. Remember, in the last portion God said His name is Yehovah forever, see Exodus 3:15. We now have 2,363 different manuscripts that point God's name as Yehovah. God's name is used over 6,000 times in the Old Testament portion. The Old Testament believers used God's name. Also, Yeshua said that He declared God's name. John 17:26 NKJV says, And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. It is wrong not to use God's real name at all as some do. Perhaps someday people will come to understand that the true God is Yehovah and begin using His name out of respect for Him. Hebrew letters are also numbers. The words va-er-ah, which means, and I appeared, and the name Yitzhak add up to 208. Yitzhak prefigured the Messiah by freely giving himself on Mount Moriah. Abraham did not have to use him as a sacrifice because God provided a ram as a substitute sacrifice. Yeshua came, he appeared, as our substitute sacrifice for our sins to bring us closer to God, rescue us, redeem us, and take us to be God's people. God delivered Israel from the Egyptians so they could avoid sin and serve God. Yeshua also came to deliver us from sin so that those who believe in Him could serve God. The Bible commands us to have a ceremony for the Passover on God's Feast of Pesach, see Exodus 12:24-25. This portion of the Torah tells us part of the story and includes God's special promise to Israel in Exodus 6 6-7. We also make some important interpretations for believers in the Messiah Yeshua. Exodus 6 6-7 NKJV says, I am the Lord, I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. From this scripture we drink four cups during our Pesach service commemorating our deliverance from pagan Egypt, and also for what God did for us through Yeshua the Messiah. God brought us out from the pagan Egyptians so we could avoid sin through His commandments and God also helps us to keep His commandments through the work of the Messiah and the giving of the Holy Spirit. God delivered us from the slavery to the Egyptians, and from the slavery of sin so we could serve God through His commandments and through the Messiah and the Holy Spirit. God brought us back, redeemed us, to Him both at Mount Sinai and through Yeshua. God took us to be His people both at Mount Sinai and through Yeshua the Messiah. During these cups, we also commemorate what Yeshua did for us. Yeshua said that He gave us another Helper, the Holy Spirit, to help deliver us from sin. God gave us the Torah at Mount Sinai to help us, and Yeshua gave us another Helper, the Holy Spirit, to help us. Yeshua said in John 14 16-17 NKJV, And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another Helper, that He may abide with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The Holy Spirit acts as a witness to those who believe, but some reject that witness.
those that keep on sinning after they receive the Holy Spirit are living in unbelief and are not holy. Deuteronomy 28 9 NKJV says, The Lord will establish you as a holy people to Himself, just as He has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in His ways. To be holy we must keep God's commandments. Hebrews 12 14 NKJV says, Pursue peace with all people, and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Those who are not living a holy life are not holy. They can repent of their sin, make a sincere confession of their guilt to God, and stop sinning. Then God will forgive them. 1 John 1 9 NKJV says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We are to confess our sins to God. Isaiah 1 18-19 NKJV says, Come now, and let us reason together, says the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow, though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient. Here is an interesting correlation between the Pharaoh and the devil. Pharaoh made Israel into slaves. The devil wants mankind to be slaves to sin. Pharaoh forced Israel into labor. The devil wants mankind to work for him in sin. Pharaoh brought evil upon Israel. The devil brings evil on mankind. Pharaoh deprived Israel of good. The devil deprives mankind of good through sin. In contrast to what the devil wants to do. God wants to set us free from the slavery of sin. God wants to rescue us from the evil works of sin. God wants to bring us back to Him and His blessings. God wants to take us to be as good people whom He treasures. Remember, the Torah gives us wisdom and understanding. Deuteronomy 4 6 NKJV says, Therefore be careful to observe them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who will hear all these statutes, and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. God is a good God and the Old Testament commandments are a blessing from God. We need to repeat this scripture frequently so people will hear the truth about the Torah. The Torah was given by God to help us, and we should want to follow God's commandments in the Old Testament portion. It is not true the Torah is too hard to keep, that is a lie. Deuteronomy 30:11 NIV says, Now what I am commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. We have some 2 million laws in the United States, and no one complains about that, but people seem to have to complain about the few hundred or so commandments in the Torah. Yeshua gave us the Torah. He said in Matthew 11:30 NKJV, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The word yoke in Jewish understanding refers to the Torah and God's commandments. Yeshua is Jewish. Roshi, an important Jewish rabbi, said about Deuteronomy 13:13 that the people who follow Belial are those that break the yoke of Torah. Some Jews also think the yoke is to also keep the man-made commandments of Judaism. Yeshua said in Matthew 15:9 NKJV, and in vain they worship me, teaching his doctrines the commandments of men. Yeshua was against the man-made commandments of his time. The context in Matthew is about Yeshua telling them they are wrong for negating God's commandments and the Torah through their extra commands. Yeshua teaches that we are to keep the Torah. Are you following Yeshua or made-up religion? 
The Messiah also came to help us and give us the Holy Spirit. The fourth cup is most often associated with the ritual remembrance ceremony of Yeshua, but all the cups apply well to both Israel and the Messianic believers. The four cups are a tradition of Judaism but applies well to the Messiah as well. Tradition is woven into our lives and makes life easier. It is not wrong when understood in this way. We are commanded to do a Pesach service, we are to do what the Bible says. The made-up man-made commandments are not God's commandments. Since we are to do a Pesach service, we honor God by observing something that is well prepared. We have a free Passover service online at https colon slash slash org slash Passover. We tell the story about God's deliverance at Pesach. God delivered Israel. And God in the form of Yeshua gave Himself and rose from the dead so that we could have eternal life through following God, keeping His commandments, and through the Messianic work of the Holy Spirit. Yeshua is truly God, and He even healed everyone in in some of the towns He was in. He created food from nothing for thousands a couple of times, John 21:25 NKJV says, and there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. God made an agreement with Israel that He would give them the land of Canaan and in subsequent portions, He is going to set them free from their oppressive bondage in Egypt so they can return to Canaan. God has heard the groaning of the people of Israel who the Egyptians were oppressing and using as slaves. Moshe told the people that God would deliver them from their oppression and that they would be His people. Pharaoh would not listen to Moshe and Pharaoh instead made them work harder. Moshe tells them again that God would deliver them, but this time the people wouldn't listen to him because they were discouraged. Moshe and Aaron had to decide to stand despite the Israelites being discouraged. We also need to take a stand spiritually no matter what. God told Moshe and Aaron to go tell Pharaoh to let Israel go in spite of what was going on. If you remember, the midwives decided to fear God instead of Pharaoh and not kill the baby boys. God gave them peace and blessing, Exodus 1:17-21. Moshe too decided to fear God and stand up to Pharaoh. Then some genealogy is given in the portion. God then tells Moshe that Moshe will be like God to Pharaoh and Aaron will be like Moshe's prophet. God will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will not let the people go, but God will bring them out with great judgments. Perhaps God hardens Pharaoh's heart to give Pharaoh free will. Moshe was 80 and Aaron was 83 at this time. When the leader of some of the churches in the Amazon jungle told me that he sees me as Moses, I wasn't exactly excited about that. After all, Moshe didn't start his ministry until he was 80. Then a prophetic lady said the same thing shortly after that. Two people who live some 6,000 miles apart said I was like Moses. So, I decided to use Moshe, which is the Hebrew name for Moses, as my pen name and I sometimes refer to myself as Moshe or Rabbi Moshe. Rabbi simply means teacher in our era. Yeshua had a problem with those who had pride. For example, Anyone who has excessive pride about who they are is wrong, especially those who lift themselves up on the same level as God. Some names are obviously wrong like the use of Father which is also a name for God. Our congregation has agreed to allow me to use my pen name. Moshe means drawn out and perhaps God has drawn me out to deliver His people. 
I am one of many who are standing for the truths of God and the Bible. Won't you also stand strong for our God and truth? When they first talk to Pharaoh, Aaron throws down his staff and it turns into a snake, but so does the staffs of Pharaoh's magicians. Aaron's staff eats the other snakes. Pharaoh wouldn't listen to Moshe and Aaron though. Next Moshe turns the river and even water in buckets into blood and it stinks and the fish die. The magicians also did the same and Pharaoh wouldn't listen. Pharaoh would also not let Israel go after the frogs covered the land. This time Pharaoh asked them to ask Jehovah for the frogs to go, but when they were gone, he still wouldn't let Israel go. Then the Lord covered the land with lice and the magicians told Pharaoh it was the finger of God. Again, Pharaoh would not listen, so God sent swarms of insects only on the Egyptians. Pharaoh then said they could go, but when God took away the swarms, Pharaoh changed his mind again. Next God slew all the cattle of Egypt only, but Pharaoh would not let them go. Then Moshe and Aaron threw dust in the air before Pharaoh and sores appeared on men and animals, but Pharaoh still would not listen. Then God brought hail which destroyed their crops, but when Moshe stopped the hail, Pharaoh still would not let Israel go. There are three more plagues to occur in the next portion, locusts, darkness, and the death of the firstborn. We must always remember that we do not want evil to befall others, but they will bring that on themselves through their sin. People can be so brainwashed by sin that they call evil good. Isaiah 5:20 NKJV, Woe to those who call evil good, and good evil. It is important to note that the plagues on Egypt were judgments on their false pagan gods. For example, when the Nile turns to blood, it shows the true God as being over the God of the Nile, etc. God does not always intervene in history because that would be taking away our free will. When God destroyed the world by flood, it says that the intentions of every person were evil. That would include the children. For example, in evil societies like communism or oppressive societies, even the children take part in the oppression and murder of others. God does judge evil societies at times but does not always intervene. It would seem that these oppressive societies bring evil on themselves and perhaps that is enough judgment. God will raise everyone from the dead and judge everyone at the end of time. Those who follow God's good commandments in the Bible will go to be in our good God's wondrous future kingdom and those who do not follow God's commandments will go to the lake of fire. Daniel 12 2 NKJV says, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Even if it appears that some get away with evil and that there is no universal justice, that is not true. God will apply right and good justice at the end of time to everyone who lived. Ecclesiastes 12:14 NKJV says, God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Rabbi Shaul tells us not to be deceived. 1 Corinthians 6:9-10 NKJV says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. The unrighteous, those who do not do what is right will be sent to the lake of fire for eternity. Revelation 21 8 NKJV says, 
the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. This would be a good time to talk about the characteristics of the true God. The Character of the True God God is the Creator, the Provider of everything that exists, and is the only true God. He is not a physical God but can take the form of a man, as with Abraham, or even appear in a burning bush, as with Moshe. The true God is not His creation and therefore is not nature or anything that He created. The Creator God knows what is best for us and knows what is right. Therefore, there is a good and an evil. Therefore, might does not make right. Doing what is right is not subject to opinion. God created mankind in His image and with the ability to act differently than the animals. God gave mankind free will and the choice of doing what is right or wrong, what is good or evil. Since God knows what is right and does what is right, God will judge everyone by His good standards and not our own. God has revealed the truths we need for life through His good commandments and has sent the Messiah Yeshua to further help mankind through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Since God created mankind and we are all descendants of Adam, we are all related. Because God created everything that exists, we know that we are not a random piece of rock as some believe. Each individual deserves dignity and respect and is a unique person with abilities, feelings, and the ability to also treat others with dignity and respect. God is described in the Bible as a loving and good God throughout the Bible both Old and New Testaments and He gives people the chance to change and turn from their sin and do what is right. Numbers 14:18 NKJV says, The Lord is long-suffering and abundant in mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but He by no means clears the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. There are many verses in the Bible that identify the good characteristics and works of God. For example, Galatians talks about a number of the good things the Holy Spirit does in the life of the believer. Galatians 5:22-23 NKJV says, "But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control." Psalms 36:5-10 NKJV says, "Your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens; your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the great mountains; your judgments are a great deep." O Lord, you preserve man and beast. How precious is your love and kindness, O God! Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures. For with you is the fountain of life, in your light we see light. O, continue your love and kindness to those who know you, and your righteousness to the upright in heart. We learn both in the Torah portion and the Haftorah that it is God's intention to give the land of Canaan to Israel. In the Tanakh it says that it will eventually be given to Israel in perpetuity, forever. In the Haftorah for today, Ezekiel who lived around 600 BC tells us that Israel's presence in the land is a witness to the nations that he is God. All that God is doing to bring Israel out of Egypt was and is a witness to the world that God will accomplish his will. That Israel exists is a witness to us that God exists. God will accomplish His will, that's a good thing for those of us who believe in God.
We can trust that God will do what He says He will do. The gift of the Holy Spirit is given to believers in the Messiah Yeshua and is a witness to those who listen to God and keep His commandments and who listen to the Holy Spirit. The Pharaoh should have believed after he saw the power of God but didn't. The Holy Spirit which is given to believers testifies to who God is. God expects those who receive the Holy Spirit to respond to Him in faith. It says in Hebrews 10:29 NKJV, Of how much worse punishment, do you suppose, will He be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which He was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? Let us not be like Pharaoh who wouldn't listen to God and didn't respect God. The Haftorah for Va'er-Ah is Ezekiel 28 25-29-2. Before this Haftorah portion, Ezekiel prophesies against the king of Tyre, a far southern Lebanon port city, for his pride in thinking he is like God. He compares him to the fallen cherub that we know as Satan. Then he prophesies against Sidon, a port city about 40 miles north of Tyre in Lebanon. God says there will come a time when the people around Israel will not bother Israel. Verse 25 begins with God saying Israel will be allowed to return home from around the nations including Babylon and live safely. God will execute judgment on the nations around them that hate them. This is proof that God is who He says He is. Then He gives a grievous prophecy against Egypt and says God will make the land desolate. God will bring back the Egyptians after 40 years but Egypt will be a lowly nation. Then Ezekiel reports that Tyre has fallen to Babylon, and he says Egypt is next. God returned Israel to their land of promise as predicted by Ezekiel. We should take the land promises to Israel seriously. The Bible says that God has given them the land and it is a testimony to the nations that He is God. No matter what happens, Israel will eventually have the land in perpetuity, forever. Moshe came back to Egypt ready to go to work for God, but Pharaoh resisted him, and the people became discouraged because Pharaoh persecuted them even more. God told Moshe to keep at it and Moshe persisted. It is unimaginable what the indignant Pharaoh did to his people because he resisted God. That is the ways of the world though, thoughtless, uncaring, and unbelieving. God is just the opposite. The Bible says that God is love. Commandments, implied commandments, permissions, and other concepts. We can also understand commandments are being implied from other scriptures in the Bible. There are other possible concepts than what is shared here. We can pray to God to help us, and He may deliver us. Genesis 6 5. We can pray to God to deliver those who are under oppression, and He may deliver them, and we can even pray for sinners to repent as in the case of Pharaoh. Each person chooses their own destiny whether they will be in God's future kingdom or the lake of fire for eternity. Exodus 8:31, Revelation 21:8. In closing, let us say the ironic blessing from Numbers 6:24 to 26. Yehovah bless you and keep you. Yehovah make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Yehovah lift up his face upon you and give to you peace. Amen. Thank you for being with us today.